fact, this is the official How I Hobby position. Yeah. We're against COVID. Yeah. Hi, I'm Kayla. And I'm Pete. And welcome to How I Hobby. We're two pals and hobby obsessives with over a hundred hobbies between us. And we're always on the lookout for more. Join us as we talk about all of our hobbies. And talk to people we know about their really cool hobbies. Welcome to How I Hobby. In today's episode, we've got a great interview with Adrian Bernstein, who has a very cosy hobby. Mm. But first, Kayla, how do you hobby? My hobby, Pete, mm-hmm. is kombucha. kombucha. Kombucha, as in the drink? As in the fermented tea, the exactly. fermented tea drink. I do like a kombucha. Mm. Fantastic. So how how is this a hobby? Tell me more about this. So a few years ago, I was having like a bit of digestive challenges. Mm-hmm. And I was reading up about the benefits of fermented food and drink. Mm -hmm. And so I went down this really fun rabbit hole of getting super into bougie sourdough, super into kefir, Mm -hmm. super into kimchi, sauerkraut. I was making my own. I was buying it. Um, And I got really into kombucha. And it was going down this rabbit hole of Mm -hmm. kombucha, which for those that don't know, the primary ingredients, it's really three main ingredients. Mm -hmm. Okay. Kombucha is number one, tea. Tea. Yeah. Number two, sugar. Sugar. And number three, the SCOBY. Which which stands for Symbiotic Culture of Bacteria Yeast. Mm. So I tried making it at home. Mine was absolutely foul. And I very quickly realized that I am a far better patron than producer. Mm -hmm. And so I went down this really cool rabbit hole of finding all the best kombuchas, to be honest, across the world. Because everywhere I went, I was trying different kombucha. That's fantastic. Yeah, my mission, so I became a self-proclaimed micro-influencer. Under, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at kombucha yeah. underscore queen, K-W-E-E-N. Mm-hmm. And what, I was really pa- what I've been really passionate about is kombucha that's like OG or natural. So right. it doesn't have anything added to it. So I found a few brands in the UK that I became absolutely obsessed with. That's and I, amazing. Yeah, I started- well, What's your favorite brand? So interestingly, my favorite brand, the kombucha movement has changed because it was really big in the US mm-hmm. and then it came a bit later to the, to the UK. Yeah. But COVID had a really negative impact on the on kombucha brewers. Loads of small brewers had to close down. Uh, um, and what I've noticed is my favorite kombucha brand has actually rebranded themselves. Oh. And so rather than calling themselves kombucha, they call themselves sparkling tea. And so, yeah, it's been really interesting, like watching this movement and kind of the nomenclature around it. But my mission has always been to find kombucha that didn't have anything added to it. Mm-hmm. And while there weren't heaps of options that I found, or particularly heaps of options that tasted good, I, kept, I was advocating for that. And yeah. I was, yeah, I was advocating for it. So that's kombucha. Yeah. And do you know, what? I'm going to press you for a name because if, if they like it, well, then hopefully they'll send us some. Some free bottles of kombucha. Come on, who's the sparkling tea company? Let's have it. Three, two, one. It's called Real. Real. Formerly known as Real Kombucha. Fantastic. I've had that. Have you? Yeah, it's really nice. Royal Flush is my favorite one. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. I know the very, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it tastes like, it tastes like champagne. It's really cool. They've done a really cool job. That's me and kombucha. I was, I was and am super passionate about it. I had a pretty hefty following around the globe. I was collaborating on a kombucha blog based out of California. Amazing. I had a bunch of followers. I created my own uh, weighting score system. So I was ranking all the different kombuchas based on a multi-attribute variable. So five different variables I was weighing them on. Please tell me there was a spreadsheet. There absolutely was a spreadsheet. <laughs> 
That's the hobby, kombucha. Kombucha, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Go and try some kombucha. And uh, real kombucha, real sparkling tea. Uh, Please send us a case. (laughs) We'll plug you every week. (laughs) Okay, let's get on with our fantastic interview. Great. Adrienne Bernstein is a health specialist working in international development. She's based in London, though she's originally from Toronto. She is a master chef and baker, and she can be found exploring London by foot. She also happens to be my sister. Adrienne, tell us, how do you hobby? Well, I like to knit socks. Cool! Cool! fantastic that's so cool i love it that's so specific yeah that's so specific tell us how did you get into this hobby i've been knitting since i've been about 15 um and socks were kind of like the white whale i just um slowly got i I started kind of just doing like free form you know like your old your odd pencil case your hat your like circle scarf things you don't really need a pattern for and socks were like always this thing i was like oh there's just so many parts how will i do it and um kayla and i were actually in glasgow we went to a knitting shop and the woman caught me admiring some sock yarn so she gave me a pattern and I knit a sock and then I knit another socks and then I've knit multiple pairs of socks yeah I have a brilliant pair of socks with that yarn that we bought in Glasgow this is fantastic hey can you tell can you tell the audience what is the difference between yarn for socks and yarn not for socks sock yarn is um thinner because um you you, you might not want like super bulky socks and they have to fit into your shoes. Um, also, sock yarn um, usually has some sort of like nylon with the wool. So it's like a really strong yarn to withstand all the, the friction and rubbing when you're walking around. Fantastic stuff. Cool. So why, how, is, how is a sock more complicated than, than, than a jumper? Um, and, and the answer is it's not. I just had this idea in my head, just I think because they're quite little. So it it seems like there's lots of um, like little itty bitty bits going on. And that was that would be a bit hard to keep track of and figure out what to do. Um, Also, the way that like a sock isn't just one direction. It's not like a tube. It kind of curves and try to make that happen um also the way that i um know lots of people knit socks which is what i do and i can show my prop here is that you knit socks with um multiple needles which can be yeah which can be tricky for our podcast listeners for the people who can't for people who can't see this we've got this there's three needles going on here in some sort of blair witch project type triangle triangle yeah. Yeah. With a sock yeah, dangling there from. That's so cool. That is very and it's cool. multicolored. It's navy and, it's, and it's, lime green. And it's huge. Mm. It's a yeah. big old sock, unless you're a very small girl. I don't know. The socks that you just yeah. showed us, who are those socks for? Um, this, this podcast isn't coming out until a few weeks or a few months' time, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay, great, because I can read. These are a surprise birthday present for my dad. Oh, yeah, we got time because this won't be out before um, next week. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. That's so cool. A, many people get into different hobbies through courses. Some are self-taught. Some it's passed down. It's a generational thing. What was your journey into knitting? I think I was like 
12 and my auntie joe taught me just kind of like the basics of knitting um and that's when i knit like a little round thing and she's like oh it's a pencil case and i was like oh great and then um (laughs) i think i was so traumatized at that point i just wanted it to be over but then um a few years later my auntie robin taught me how to knit a hat um and that was our yeah winter break holiday that year Shout out to Auntie Joe and Auntie Robin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to the aunties teaching me how to knit. Yes. And then I've just kind of like built up my knitting skill set from there. And it's really one of those things where it's like just the more time you do it, the better you are, like the, the different things that you can try. But I think a lot of it is really there's just so much information online. And I, I've always said that the fiber arts community is a really generous giving community. Um, so lot there's so many free patterns. There's like all these like web tutorials and like YouTube tutorials. So anytime I've like wanted to do a pattern and I notice that there's something in there that I don't want to know, I just go on YouTube and there's like a really great, well, several really great demonstrations on how to do that. So it's definitely something that I've learned through online cool so that's amazing definitely these years. communities are yeah. that's, that's, that's fantastic that's stuff looking. but i've got I've, yeah. got a, I've got a sock related question specifically yes. socks could you knit socks specifically anything well socks i mean what can you do you do big socks little socks that's it how have you can you see yourself going into those little foot glove things socks that have got toes, toes. in them? <laughs> gosh i've never thought about foot gloves and my instinct is like, that's just too hard. But like, that's the exact attitude that I had before I knit socks. So I mean, like, the world is my oyster. Really. The world yeah. is and your oyster. I Like, I've never, um, I've, the thing is, I've tried those on and I didn't really like them. Oh, they're horrible. Um, so they're I don't, horrible. but I bet, but I'm like, I bet I could. Yeah, of yeah. course you could. You could, you? Do, you could do anything. Yeah. Yeah. You could do anything. So it's interesting huh. that you, you, you're thinking about the practical side of the socks. It's not just like the sock Everest. I knitted it because no. it was there. Yeah. You, 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 yeah. Need, you need it to be something that someone's going to wear. So do you mainly knit for people specifically? That is a great question. And I Thank think that you. feeds into your love language, Adrian. Um, my thing is like, I love, I've always loved to like make things. Mm-hmm. And if I see something I like, and I think I'm like, maybe I can make that for myself. I, I re like, I really get into that. Um, so if I, now I have a really hard time buying knitwear in a store because there's like a gremlin in the back of my mind that goes, Oh, Adrian, you could just knit that. Um, so I, yeah, I really try to knit things that I would want to wear myself. Um, I do like to knit as like, for gifts so for example yeah like these socks are from my dad Kayla's she mentioned has a pair of socks that I knit for her but I think part of that is I like to initiate the I I want to knit you something or like I have something in mind for someone because I think um that a lot of people they don't they 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 either don't know how long it actually takes to knit something or the assumption is because I like to knit and knitting is my hobby that I would love to make something for someone. And yeah. that's not necessarily true. Um, so it's definitely a delicate balance between like me showing like my love and appreciation and care for people by knitting them socks. But also like I, I definitely have to. Um, Amazing. That Amazing. To um, initiate the socks. You have to initiate the socks. Pete wanted to know how long it takes you to knit a pair of socks. Depends how distracted I get. Um, dep- so I've been knitting these pair. I started in, I started like the early May bank holiday. So early May. So it's it's been about two months. 
Um, wow. But I have knitted a pair in a month. Okay. Still a long period um, of time. That's a long period of time. Um, yeah. Adrian, could you please tell us, what would you say is your most favorite thing about this hobby of knitting socks? Ooh. Um, I think that uh, with all knitting, so in addition to knitting socks, it's quite meditative. Mm. It's really relaxing. It's like repetitive motion. So you just kind of get in a zone and it's very relaxing. Um, and kind of like what I was saying before, um, it's so nice and satisfying that at the end of two months or whatever, you have a finished product that like you can wear or someone else can wear. And um, like knitting, like because it's like, it takes so long, you, like, you keep it forever. So you just like have something that's like really special that you can have for such a long time. And it's one of a kind as well. That's the, there's can a, be. Yeah can be that's fantastic yeah that's what yeah did. that's actually nice because sometimes you have like little mistakes in your socks um or any kind of knitwear and then you think oh like mm, it's not ruined it's like it's that's what makes it special it's personality yeah. it's jazz knitting yeah. you know it's, yeah. it's not it's, jazz, yeah. knitting. jazz knitting yes that's it um I didn't forget the words. I'm scatting. It's fine. You're scatting. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Totally. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Adrian, you are someone, because I know you, um, you have a <laughs> lot of hobbies, but wondering if money was no object, oh, man. what would your hobby be? Well, I've been saying this for like a year now. I have always, and kind of inching towards fulfilling this hobby dream of learning how to tap dance. Cool. Fantastic. Super yes. Cool. Super cool. Have you ever done that? I did do tap dance as part of a dance thing when I was a kid. Yeah. I wasn't particularly good at it. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of coordination, yeah. but there's something in my brain that actually makes me feel quite frustrated with the coordination involved. Mm. I don't know how to describe it's sort of I don't know how to describe it. I know what you mean. Like, yeah, when you want your right leg to move forward and your left arm goes up. It's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Adrian, we'll come to your recital. In yeah, no, please do. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll see if we get there. It might just be a taster session. We'll see. But yeah, I've always had this dream of learning how to tap dance. Like I love like old movies where they tap dance. Um, it also seems like like a kind of dance that I could manage um, being like a not very like, graceful, flexible person. <laughs> but yeah, it's quite like, it's like rhythm and motion. Yeah, I love it. I'm, I so love I think it. 2024 is my tap year. I love yeah. it. Okay. And it's the same kind of yeah. sound as knitting. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Never even thought about that. Yeah. But. So we've got a quite a big existential question. What has knitting socks taught you about life and about yourself? I think that so many things just seem unachievable or like these immense challenges. And really, when you break it down into manageable steps of a pattern you can actually get through it. It's just, and you just take it one row at a time. Oh my God, all the puns, all the Fantastic. puns. Fantastic. So for a listener who perhaps isn't currently knitting socks, why should they try your hobby in 30 seconds or less? Well, first of all, if you heard it's difficult, um, it's really not that difficult. So banish that thought out of your brain. Yep. Um, second of all, it is incredibly fulfilling as we discussed. Um, third, um, you get to make something that keeps your feet really cozy in the winter. And like, really, 
the possibilities of endless. I mean, like treat yourself, get some cashmere yarn, make some like really snuggly cashmere socks. Mm -hmm. If you have hot feet, cotton socks for the summer, like what could be better? Also, like I I know this isn't for everyone, but I know there are some people out there who are like me and really like to wear socks with their Birkenstock. Birkenstocks. Yeah. Um. What better way to accessorize your Birkenstocks than with a pair of hand knitted socks? There Brilliant. You go. Fantastic. Sold. Other other sandals are available. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Adrian, that was so fun. Thank you so so much for teaching us all about your hobby of knitting socks. What I loved so much about it is I didn't. I I guess I had underestimated like the accessibility of a of a hobby like this. So this whole online community bringing people together. Um. The piece that you mentioned around it. Being being meditative is it seems like it's this consistent thread with all the different people all the different guests that we've had on the yeah. podcast most people are seeking out hobbies that are this meditative experience um and i loved that not only because you're so good at puns but how you the concept of like breaking something down into small pieces right if it seems like it's just too too difficult breaking it down in order to get it done like Ooh. what a great thing to know about yourself and how to approach life so with that, thank yeah. you so much. That was so fun. Fantastic. And really, really cool. Yay! That was so much fun, you guys. Woohoo! Amazing. Thanks a bunch. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Okay, that was our interview with Adrian Bernstein. We had a blast. Hope you did too. Before we go, we want to share this week's celebrity hobby. Drum roll. <laughs> did you know? Julia Roberts is also a committed knitter. Really? Yep. Oh, my God. Knits on set. Oh, my God. Evangelizes about it, gets other people into it, too. That is so cool. I love that. Don't know if she does socks, though. (laughs) And that's a wrap. I've been Pete. And I've been Kayla. Rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us much easier to find. And follow us on Instagram at HowIHobby. See you next time. Toodles! How I Hobby was written and produced by Kayla Lean and Pete Faulkner, with music by Pete Faulkner, artwork by Laura Walsh, and animation by Kayla Lean. If you'd like to be featured on the pod, find us on Instagram or email us at howihobby at gmail.com.